Welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us on the CCA California podcast. My name is Chris. We do have a special guest host this week. We've got Darren Crowell, part of our IE chapter. Darren, what's going on, man? No, not much. It's great to be here, man. Excellent. Darren is the co-host of another podcast that we do called Doc Talk. Make sure to check that out. Subscribe to that one. Subscribe to the CCA California podcast as well. While you're at it, leave us a five-star review and uh, check us out on Instagram at CCA California. <laughs> also joining us for a short time, we've got our normal co-host, Kevin Nakata. Kevin, what's going on, man? Well, it's great to be here, mm-hmm. and we have another great guest uh, for this week. And can't wait to have some big knowledge bombs dropped. I'm sure that everyone that's going to be listening is going to take away a lot of great information related to surface irons. I'm sure there's other stuff too, but uh, yeah, it's great to have uh, have um, another great guest on. And for more great guests, look forward to seeing um, to listening to another CCA podcast every week. And don't forget to join as a new member, renew renew your membership, or become a lifetime member with CCA. Absolutely. Kevin actually is just joining us for a couple of minutes here just because he's got another commitment tonight. But without further ado, we've got Mr. Jeff Squires from One Cool Tuna. Jeff, how are you, my man? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Great to have you. Good, Thanks. man. Good. Good to see you. Thank you. It's good oh. to see you. Good. Yeah. Getting the season started right. I know. I uh, Gosh, I can't remember the last time I saw you. It may have been at some event for maybe in December or something. OC. It was the OC um the OC Fishing Show. That's right. PCS. PCS. My gosh, my memory is going, <laughs> going to crap. But uh, oh, That's good. Yeah. For those of you who do not know what One Cool Tuna is, an amazing jig company, for sure. They have the CNC jigs, well, which we'll get into a minute. But Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, I've been fishing all my life. I grew up in Florida. Uh, my backyard was, was a dock. Um, I was driving a boat before I could drive a car. And, Aren't uh, we all? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, moved out here to go to school and uh, decided that this was a much better place to fish than Florida. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So I've uh, been out here since uh, 1975 and fell in love with surface iron fishing, uh, long-range fishing, offshore fishing, uh, bay fishing. Um, so... About 15 years ago, I developed the line labels, uh, the One Cool Tuna line labels, the way mm-hmm. to identify your fishing line on your put on your reels, your stickers. You and came up with that first before the jigs? Yes. Okay. That was what I started. Uh, I was going on long-range trips and taking 8 to 10 rods and got tired of trying to figure out which rod had which line on it <laughs> and got tired of putting masking tape on there or the blue paint tape or little stickers of some sort so I figured there's got to be a better way of doing this and came up with the one cool tuna line labels. It's pretty interesting to see to walk on the sport boats nowadays and the way that people mark their lines and all that without your labels yeah it's kind of interesting whether it's masking tape the blue painters tape and uh, all that pretty interesting. Yeah uh, it was you know I I made the the big mistake of actually writing on one of my reels with a sharpie. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, the, and thought it would just rub off after the trip and uh-huh. realized that the reel wasn't really sealed well and that the Sharpie actually soaked into the reel. So Yikes. that was a permanent 40-pound reel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I decided to make the, the stickers and mm-hmm. uh, worked with a, a printing company that came up with uh, a 
sticker that was durable enough to to last in the the water and the salt and in the environment and then also uv coated and then also highly visible so mm-hmm. it just was uh and i had plenty of sport boats to test it on yeah. in the area so yeah. it took about a year of trying different materials and different styles and working with them and deckhands and so forth saying does these work do these work and finally came up with the right one excellent so before i forget i want to ask you this coming from florida to southern california and all that when I know you would develop your line labels before the jigs, but ultimately, did you learn how to surface iron fish out here, or did you kind of bring something back from Florida and you just kind of developed that over time? No, I learned how to surface fish here. Okay, there isn't, there wasn't any kind of surface I figured, fish, yeah. fishing there. Plus, everybody back there uses spinning reels, yeah, <laughs> which doesn't really work that well with with surface irons mm-hmm. you can fish with surface irons but this the spinning reel kind of takes some of the action out of the jig when it's doing that revolving on the spinner mm-hmm. so. now what about smaller bait casters uh, like alexa 400 a, a shimano um tranks 400 or 500 uh how do you feel about those when you use them for, with surface irons they, they work fine, it's just they're a little bit faster, and the spool is smaller on there, so you're taking more line per turn. So you have to adjust to a different type of jig than just your standard jig. So the, one, the OCT jigs, I have the 7.5 jig. I have the OCT 10, OCT 4, and then the OCT 7.5. The 7.5 is a flatter jig on the top and so it's designed to work better with those bait case bait casting reels uh it still holds the three wiggles in a kick pattern over the oct10 or over the oct4 the oct4 is the smaller version and can be used with the smaller reels but the 7.5 is a little bit lighter and is a little bit better for that kind of reel and when you're using um, an OCT jig, do you recommend someone use mono or braid for most of the reel? No top shot, we're just talking straight up wound onto the reel. My personal choice is I like to do mono, at least 100 yards of mono, something that you're going to possibly never cast through, whether you're not, not going to go through the line. Some guys, like you, mm-hmm. Kevin, can, can go a little bit further than, three, <laughs> than, than 100 yards, but you know you I like to go with mono because you get that stretch because you're gonna get that reaction bite it's gonna be a strike it's gonna hit that line hard and with the spectra uh, you need that little bit of a shock absorber in there so I like the mono is it a true statement though that with braided line the the action of a service iron is accentuated no. There's not less resistance causing that jig to get a lot more side-to-side movement? No, not with not with my testing. When I was developing these jigs and working on different styles and so forth, I try it with, with both ways. And, and I don't see a, a major difference with mono versus spectra. Just You can fish anywhere from 40 to 50-pound mono. With your spectra, you're probably going to fish 65 as your standard but 
you, then you're going to worry about is it hollow or is it solid core and you're going to get different reaction out of that but it's not enough to to really justify saying you get a better swimming jig out of spectra versus out of mono mm. okay it's it's so it's it's not really measurable to me and one last question, and then I'm going to bounce, okay? I promise, Darren, <laughs> I'm going to bounce. Chris, I'm going to go. Jeff, I'm going to go. Um, what do you, how do you feel about, like, uh, connections and specifically a clip? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? What do you think about those with surface irons? Um, the clips work well. If you're constantly sw swapping out your jig and you want a quick connection to, to make that swap, yes. And it does... It will take, let's put it this way, it will take a jig that doesn't swim, swim well and make it swim well. Wow. Okay, a good swimming jig, it's not gonna make a, a big difference on it. But a bad jig, it will make a bad jig swing, swim better. Same with wire. If you wire up a jig, or if you use the small rings with a ring to ring on there, uh, you can make a bad, a bad jig swim better with those. That's probably the best piece of knowledge dropped here yeah. so far on this. On this, I mean, there's been a lot, but that is big time. Yeah. So thanks for thanks for providing that information. Not a problem. I'm gonna go get some I, clips now, and then I'm gonna bounce. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I never thought because I've always heard you know you're either a team clip or not. Yeah. I've never heard of a clip actually making a a, a jig either swim better or swim at all versus not swimming. Yeah. It's, it huh. frees up that tension on the ring, yeah. and it, it allows that jig to move a little bit better. And if it's, a lot of times with a jig that's a, a bad swimming jig, right? right it's, it's, it needs that extra action, it needs that extra movement. And that ring or that clip allows it to move a little bit freer in the water. So it's not got the tension on the line. Okay, huh. where that where you where you're tied your knot to it. Okay, right. Where it's holding it in one position, so the ring then has to move to get it to to get it to swim right. It's going through the jig. If you have that ring or the clip <clears throat> going to the ring, then you you freed up that that stiffness. Okay, mm -hmm. and allow it to allow it to swim a little bit more freer. Huh. Interesting. Well, speaking of swimming freer, <laughs> tell us about the beauty of the CNC jigs. Okay, <laughs> so. When I originally started doing this, I was tired of buying jigs that didn't swim. Mm -hmm. And not being able to take them back when they didn't swim, it was like, wait a minute, you know, you're paying all this, you're paying this money for a, for a product that doesn't work. Right. And I said, there's got to be a way of making a jig that's going to swim right every single time. So, so I worked with a, a buddy of mine that had some CNC experience and we 23 prototypes later mm -hmm. finally came up with one that swam right hmm. and the secret is is that you're using a solid billet aluminum okay over cast aluminum or poured aluminum okay the problem with cast or poured aluminum is you get air pockets you get different density to the metal. You get variations. Were they melting down beer cans or were they melting down window frames? Okay, that's just, you have a big variety of material. 
Okay, so it's not consistent. It's not the same material. It's not the same density. It's not the same weight. It's like a melting pot of everything. Yeah. Okay, and you go with some of these offshore companies, you've got no idea what kind of metal they were, <laughs> they were using that day, okay? Who knows? Who knows? So, I mean, it could be the same exact shape, size, and everything, but the jig's completely different, okay? Mm -hmm. You need that consistency, and the only way to get that consistency is to have it from solid billet, okay? That's pressed aluminum that's compressed and is solid. There's no air pockets in it. There's no, every single piece is exactly the same. It's, this is all aircraft grade aluminum, mm -hmm. okay? And it's all exactly the same. One, one of my jigs that I made five years ago versus a jig that I made last month is exactly the same, down to three thousandths of an inch. Swimming the same. Everything. They all swim the same. You can't, you can't look at a jig I made five years ago and the one I made last month and, and tell me which one was which. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's exactly the same. The, the CNC process is an exact copy every single time. It's computer controlled, it's cut, it's not cast. Okay, mm -hmm. every one of them is cut from a solid piece of metal. So you have that consistency and you have that repeatability and there is no variations. There's no hand sanding. There's no f hand finishing. There's no changes to it. Uh, every one of them as they come off the machine is, is what we then do the anodizing or the powder coating to. Hmm. So they are exactly the same. So it was getting them, it was getting the first one right, right. was the hard part, <laughs> okay? Because yeah. I originally, I had my favorite was like a bartender, a candy bar, uh, right? You know, a, a taddy. You know, there was I had my favorite jigs, mm -hmm. and I tried just duplicating them in a CNC process, and they didn't swim mm. because it was the density of the metal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, the density of the metal made them not swim like the original. So what I had to do was change the shape, change all the characteristics of that jig and and make it my own to make it swim right and like I said 23 prototypes later it was you know down at the docks with a file and a grinder and I'm filing here grinding there and I'm taking a little I had the basic shape to start with but then I just filed and tweaked it each one until I finally got one that swam right wait so you were down actually down at the docks and making modifications right then and there. Yeah. And then casting it out. Casting it out and wow. see, how, see how it reacted. Because the slightest variation uh -huh. can make all the difference in the world. Right. It was, I was amazed how slight of a change can make a difference. And that's why people go in and you're looking what I call the wall of shame. <laughs> yeah, you're going down the, the iron wall there and you're picking out irons and guys go, okay, this has got the offset, this has got the hips, this has got the edge, this right. is this, this is that. But if they just sanded one little edge different than another one, it's going to make a difference in how it swims. Hmm. Interesting. So, and the weight of it is going to make a difference in how it swims. So when you finally sand, you know, just got that perfect jig from the dock, did you carry that or transport that in like a pillow or something so it didn't <laughs> didn't get damaged or anything like that? No, no, I was pretty, I was pretty secure that I was going to be able to get it back. And, and then we just three, 3D scanned it and okay. made sure that everything was exactly the same. Okay. And Very then cool. we started producing them from there. Nice. 
so it, it just it, it was just a process that uh, going through to get it right and now with the different models with the OCT 10 that was the first one okay okay then we came up with the OCT 4 which is the smaller version okay sort of like your Taddy 4.0 light mm -hmm. okay um, so it's a little bit smaller than the 10 and you just want another weapon in your arsenal yeah and then we came up with the 7.5 is that right in the middle it, it's of? it's the same same length uh -huh. and width as the 10 but with a flat top oh okay okay gotcha. so it's about six tenths of an ounce less in weight than the 10 and you were saying that before we kicked it on here that it was because of the type of reels that we were using. Yes. With the smaller reels, they wind faster or take up more line. Mm -hmm. So they tend to move a little bit faster in the water. So the uh -huh. jig, this jig allows you to wind it faster and still hold the, the three wiggles in a kick pattern. Right. Okay. Okay. And it's a little bit lighter as well. So the smaller reels, you can cast better with a, with a little bit lighter jig. Okay. Even though it's the same length and same width, it just has the lightness to it. So when it comes to all three of those models, um, for let's just say someone um, trying to get into jig fishing, trying to get into the surface iron fishing and all that, do you recommend a particular model based off of a certain person's skill set, or is it just really the right tool for the job? It's it's really the right tool for the job, but mm -hmm. the the nice thing is is with these jigs, you've eliminated if you're a new person to jig fishing, mm -hmm. you've eliminated one of the variables, okay? Right. When you're first starting to fish, if you pick a jig off the wall, you may be picking a jig that's not a good swimmer. Right. So if you're not swimming it right, you're not gonna know is it the jig that's not swimming right or is it my technique that's not right? Gotcha. So with, with the OCT jigs, the CNC jigs, you know that this jig is not the problem. Okay, so that means you've got to change the way you're fishing it. Okay, change the way you're reeling, change the action that you're doing. It just eliminates a huge variable. It eliminates the biggest variable there. Yeah. Is it a good swimming jig? Mm -hmm. Okay, once you get this thing to swim right, you know you've got it dialed in. Gotcha. Okay, so you've eliminated that question whether it's a good jig or not. Okay. Okay, and yeah. a lot of times, a lot of times when guys first start out fishing jigs. They don't know how the jig is sw swimming when they've cast it so far off the boat. Mm. Okay, it's out of sight. So they don't know, is it swimming right? Are they winding too fast? Are they winding too slow? Mm -hmm. The secret is you look at the tip of your rod. You point your rod directly at the jig and you wind and you watch that tip. And that tip will actually start to wiggle. Like From the pattern, side to side? Like the pattern that the jig is doing. Huh, interesting. Okay, so if you're winding it correctly and at the right speed and you've got the right rod and reel and so forth, you'll actually see that action in the rod tip. Okay. Okay, and that way you're, you you know you're, you've got it dialed in when it's that far off the boat. At, you can't see it. At what sight. speed do you recommend for at least the OCT jigs? I mean, is it something that it, it really It depends on matter? the reel that you're using. Okay. Okay, because you've got different gear ratios on that, but your standard jig reel is probably what uh, five six mm -hmm. somewhere around there it's just a medium retrieve speed you don't want to really burn wind it. it you don't yeah. want to really burn it okay you just want a, a nice casual wind on it 
and you'll feel you'll feel the jig moving and you'll see it as it gets closer that it how it's wiggling okay if it starts to if it starts to spin around you're winding it too fast if if it's starting to sink down too far in this in the water then you're winding it too slow Huh, interesting. So you want it just a couple inches below the surface. Right. And you want it to just three wiggles and a kick. I'm learning so much right now. It's crazy. <laughs> I always thought, you know, just in the last, oh, I'd say probably, I'd say four years, five years or so, I've really kind of tried to, with every trip, I've always been um, committed to the jig, fishing the jig. And I've fished plenty of OCTs and um, even Darren, even when we went to Cedros last year, I caught my personal best bass on an OCT uh, OCT jig on the uh, the yellow one. I think it was the, the OCT four, four on the yellow yeah. one. The four yellow is a is a definite calico. Oh yeah, it's a it's a calico killer. Yeah, yeah, and I don't uh, know if they're cannibalistic. <laughs> they go for that yellow big time. <laughs> oh man, well I know because um, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but you actually work in the metal business, right? And this is kind of where you got started? No, not? I'm actually electronics. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. No, I, but I have, I've, I worked with a lot of metal people. Okay. Okay. Uh, CNC, CNC shops and metal shops. So I have, I have friends in the business and what, what I originally it. brought you to the CNC business? Uh, just, it was just to, uh, make, make the jigs okay you know just just to be able to make the jigs so rather so you specifically chose the cnc um side of things as opposed to just a normal you know jig because nowadays everyone seems like almost everyone on instagram makes their own jigs whether it's lead heads whether it's swim baits or even just um you know knife jigs or anything like that i wasn't going to sit there and melt metal yeah and pour metal because Uh every they've been doing that for 50 years, 60 years, Years. making surface iron jigs, Uh Uh, and they hadn't quite figured out how to get it right in all that time, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more smarter people than me when it comes to pouring metal, and I just said, if they can't get it right pouring the metal, you can't get that consistent, you can't get that repeatability out of casting. There's just too many variables there. And I said the only way to make it right is to do is to do it with the CNC where it's computer controlled. Okay. Okay, and you're using the solid billet aluminum. Okay. okay. Interesting. So it's it's those two things is what made it work. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, being it, being with OCT and the creator of that. You must love jig fishing. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's primarily. I'm guessing it's a safe bet that that's primarily what you do whenever you go out on a trip. Yeah, I'm always at the front of the boat there. Yeah, <laughs> join the club. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I bring two, two, three jig rods, uh-huh. and then a jig box with probably probably fifteen to twenty jigs. Okay. In there, just but a lot of. You know, a lot of it is is you don't need a big variety, but you just need the right weapon in mm-hmm. your arsenal. Okay. Yeah. Um, my my biggest thing is people always say, you know, what's the best color? Okay. Or you get on a trip and everybody goes, well, oh, the mint was the hot color. You know, the blue was the hot color. Mm-hmm. The scrambled egg was the hot color. Right. Well, normally what that is is that's the first fish that was caught in the morning. 
Okay. Okay. The first fish that was caught on a mint, everybody goes and ties on a no, mint, so that yeah. becomes the hot color. That makes sense. <laughs> first one was caught on a scrambled egg. Everybody <laughs> ties on a scrambled egg. You know? So that then becomes the hot color of the day, you know? Yeah. Where, believe it or not, jigs are, are very similar to your trolling baits. Okay? You have your dark colors for your overcast situation, mm-hmm. and you have your light, bright colors for your bright sunlight. So in the bright sunlight, clear skies, I'm going to use naked, I'm going to use mint, I'm going to use um, the anodized colors, mm-hmm. okay, that are bright and shiny, okay. If it's overcast, believe it or not, I use black. You told me that a couple of years ago, and, and that makes sense. It's it's high contrast. You got to yeah. think like a fish. You're looking up when the overcast situation. The fish are looking up from down below, and all they see is white clouds above. So mm-hmm. a black jig is going to stand out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And also, if you get a really good fresh sardine out of the bait trail a mm-hmm. tray, a good one's going to be on the dark side, and some of them are actually towards the black side. Huh. Okay, or you get a mackerel. Okay, right. that's dark, dark green. Okay, and that's what you want to pick up on. Okay, so uh, overcast situation, black, uh, dark green, like your wounded soldier, or what color I have is what we call mossback green. Okay. Okay, uh, a dark blue in that range. That's where you want to kind of go with the colors. Um, the real wild colors, the scrambled eggs, the the blue and whites, the uh, what's what's the latest one, the uh, per, uh, uh, Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Yeah. You know, you you're starting to just get into some you know some real right niches. Okay, that really don't really work. I mean, all of mine are pretty much one color just because we use anodized or powder coat. Mm-hmm. So you can't really do multiple colors that, that easily. With so it. when they say that the jig color really only attracts fishermen rather than fish, that's really kind of... About 75% true. 75 I was going to say. Not not 100%, but no. <laughs> there, there is a purpose for darker colors and lighter colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we I, I do experiment with a few mm-hmm. um, multiple colors. Uh, I've done some uh, Dorado, where it's a, a green and a yellow split, half and half. Uh, I've got a, a gold and mint that I'm in the process of developing right now Ooh. with a anodized gold and a powder coat mint stripe on it. Uh, hopefully I'll have some of those in the stores this summer. You guys can't hear or can't see me out there, but I'm already licking my chops. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you know, but we try to stick with the the basic color patterns. Uh, it's just I like to use the anodized and I like to use the powder coat because they're more durable finishes mm-hmm. over the regular standard paint. Okay, okay. Um, a lot of guys when the jig gets bit all the time, it's battle scars. That's fine. I was going to say, do you often see OCT, OCT jigs come back all just bitten up and the and the paint's basically gone? Yeah. Or does it just depends on, on the um, whether it's powder coat or naked or anything like that? The anodized is going to stay anodized. It's uh-huh. not going to come off. Okay. Unless it's scratched with a, another piece of metal. 
I don't know too many fish out there with metal teeth, but <laughs> so it should be fine. Could scratch on a rock or, or on something True. on the boat or another hooks in a case in a tackle bag or something like that. So mm-hmm. it will get somewhere on it. The powder coat will come off. It's it's not permanent. It's a lot more durable though than than standard paint. Uh, but I've had I've had jigs come back to me for getting to get new hooks put on them, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's basically pretty much nothing left on there. So you actually just uh, hit up uh, my next question. When it comes to when they come back to you, or when your customers um, turn them back into you, you actually service all the rings and the hooks and all that stuff yep. after they've already been used. Yep. Is that standard for all who, or whoever buys OC2 jigs? Yeah, that's that, that's a hundred percent. I stand wow. behind the rings and hooks a hundred percent. Excellent. I can. They can either mail it back to me or they can drop it off at one of the shops mm-hmm. uh, that sell OCTs, and they'll contact me and I'll pick it up from the shop, put new rings, new hooks on it, and just give it back to them. Talk about service. I like it's it. just I just I like the way I the way I put the rings and the hooks on mm-hmm. is special to OCT, the right ring size is special to OCT and the right ring thickness is special to OCT. And if you vary that at all, it's going to affect the way the jig swims. That makes sense because whether you put, I mean, nowadays people buy jigs just for the jigs themselves with whatever standard hook they come with and whatever standard rings that they come with. But more often than not, we get a ton of guys that just change them out anyway because they like Right. This and that. Right. But with OCT, you really don't need it. Otherwise, it's almost like that ruining something because it's you tweaked it and so now it's out of warranty a little bit. Not yeah. saying that that's your policy, but um, they, it's already dialed in, ready to roll. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've I've tested these jigs a hundred percent before I put them on the market. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the latest one, the seven point five, that was over a year and a half in development. Okay, I don't just make a jig because I can make a jig. Mm-hmm. I can change it, you know, oh, well, we'll just flatten out this side, okay? <laughs> or we'll make it a little bit longer, we'll make it a little bit shorter, okay? It's every jig that we come out with, we've tested and developed and fished with for over a year before we release it to the market. Okay. Okay, um, my pro staff, the guys that fish my jigs, on a regular basis, uh, go out and test them, and they'll give me feedback 100% on why, what it's doing right or what it's doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I won't release a jig to the to the stores until I'm sure it meets our standards. Excellent, awesome. Throughout the year, with um, you know, so many people. More often than not, Jeff, believe it or not, on the boats, they're fishing OCT jigs, and abs- deckhands absolutely love them. Won't fish anything else and all that. And rightfully so, too, because they know for a fact it's going to swim. It's, you know, with, with, with deckhands nowadays, if they get inside the tackle store, they've got to A, be quick, and B, they hardly have any time to fish it because they're usually, whenever um, – those those few and far between op- opportunities to fish on the boats while they're working, yeah, they're uh, <laughs> they don't come very often, so they need to know. Um, which is, I can only imagine why they love the OCT jigs. It's it. I try to get the deck hands to know that they can always grab that jig and always know that it's going to perform. Right, my, okay. my point. It's, yeah, it's 
it's not like they grab a customer's stick that's got a jig on it and not know what that jig's going to do. Right. Okay. If they have an OCT, they know they just got to pitch it out there. Mm-hmm. If the bite's on, they're coming on foamers, they're coming on a boil, they're just, you know, they're mm-hmm. out there. They know that they can grab that jig and it's going gonna, it's gonna to perform for it. And, you know, the guarantee that it's going to perform and, and the, you know, obviously the rings aren't going to give out or, and their quality, quality hooks, it's well worth the money for sure. It's, yeah, the, the price is always, is always a stickler, but Mm -hmm. the way I've always put it is, is if you're going to go into a shop and you're going to pick up four or five jigs Mm -hmm. and hope that one or two swim good what you've paid for those three or four is the price you're going to pay for one OCT mm-hmm. and you know that the OCD is going to perform it's yeah. going to be it's going to swim you don't have to think about it and also if you lose it you know you can get another one that's going to swim exactly the same <laughs> true true you know I mean five years we've been making these jigs and my promise from day one has been if you can't get it to swim send it back and I'll give you back your money hmm. I, I don't care where you bought it I don't care who you who you bought it from if it doesn't swim right, I will give you back your money if you can't get it to swim. Huh. And believe it or not, five years, I've yet to do that. Nobody's wow. asked for their money back. You know, it's interesting. So when it comes to, because um, you push everything through your retailers. Yeah. I know, you know, Fisherman's Landing has them, Squid Co. has them, and other, and Dana Landing as well. You're very loyal to your retailers, and you're always pushing towards the retailers, which is pretty good on you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, I'll do. We did um, two years ago, or last year, we did a uh, we did an online sale when the um, <clears throat> when there wasn't the Fred Hall and wasn't the day at the docks. Um, right. We had a lot of and the shops weren't really doing things either, uh, so we did a, a one day sale <clears throat> online just to fill in that gap mm-hmm. and get that uh, occasionally. Um, I'll do a holiday special color for a holiday or certain thing like that, but it's it's very limited time. Everything else though is is through the shops. I, right. And I've got enough shops now to where it's hard it's hardcore if you can't find a shop that yeah that wants to, that has that doesn't have our jigs in it now. When so. you're when you're fishing OCT jigs, what is your absolute favorite use for them? Are you fishing the surface iron for yellowtail, or I'm let me rephrase it. What's your favorite or favorite kind of species to catch OCT jigs with? Uh, the yellowtail. The yellowtail. Yeah, yellowtail definitely. Okay. I, I've caught I've caught my fair share of tuna mm-hmm. with them on these on some of these foamers and yellowfin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the calicos in the in the inshore is, is always a blast to mm-hmm. catch on. I've actually I actually caught a calico less. Last summer here in the bay. Oh wow! <laughs> on a, on a jig, I was I was just playing with a. That's cool. <laughs> with a jig, doing some testing on on the new <laughs> on the new one here, and this guy came up from nowhere and just slammed it. You know? it, it works. It, it works. works. <laughs> I said, okay, this, we got this one dialed in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's just it's the bite. It's mm-hmm. the the explosion that you see on the on the surface. Yeah, you know, it's that hit that gets you. That's that gets you going on on the surface iron, and that's what got me hooked. It gets all of us going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just you. You get that, and it's just it's game over. Oh yeah. 
How many? Uh, how often do you get to fish every year? Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Same <laughs> Not <with me>. enough. <laughs> uh, right now, I probably average anywhere from twenty to thirty days on the water. Okay. Uh, cool. You know, on a on a long range trip or mm-hmm. on an extended trip. I mean, I'll go down to the bay and fish the bay occasionally. Uh, somebody says they want to go out on a day, you know, I'll, I'll do that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, get on the San Diego or get on the, the Liberty, you know. Okay. Um, but um, as a regular, I'm, I'm mostly three to five to seven day trips. Okay. Uh, longer range trips is what I like to do. Yeah. So those, those trips, I, I average anywhere from 25 to 30 days. Okay. And you have, I mean, you're, you're very loyal to the Vagabond as well. I I mean, that's my boat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I see on Instagram almost like, it seems like every week where you're, you're, I mean, even you're down at the dock, just meeting the boat just to see, or just to, you know, hand them or pass off some more jigs. Yeah. Um, You know, Mike Lackey and the the guys, they do a, a great job on that boat for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I've, I've fished with Mike on the Vagabond ever since he pretty much started the boat. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's one of my favorite boats. It's it's like family. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a great fishing machine. Uh, it's wonderful platform. Yeah, the, the bow is great for casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back is great for fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always got a great crew on there, and uh, it's just, it's a comfortable boat. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, with... Um, when it comes to the jigs, they're very diverse where you can almost fish anything. Have you ever gotten any uh, pictures of like rockfish and all that with the uh, with these guys? Uh, most of them most of them are surface iron, so getting down to the bottom is right. is not something I've I do have a brass one that we're working on right now, uh, but I'm not really interested in fishing it around rocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of expensive, so that's not one that to really but it's it's a good I want to use it a little bit more on the tuna this year mm-hmm. and try getting some bigger tuna on it. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I've got Wahoo on the surface iron. Uh, I got bluefin, got yellowfin, got uh, skipjack, uh, let's see, uh, the yellowtail, uh, white sea bass. I got a white sea oh, bass really? on a white huh. one. Uh, down at Cedros, actually. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, on the on the white we one. Were, we were fishing the, the backside there in the sandy part, mm-hmm. in the beach area there, and uh, early in the morning, I was pitching out the white one and got a nice sea bass on one. So very cool, very cool, man. When it comes, so a couple of years ago, um, we held an event. Yeah, uh, maybe a year ago. We held an event at Dana Landing, and you came out and uh, super, super supportive of CCA. So thank you, by the way. I love that hat you're sporting. (laughs) Um, You actually brought pretty much your whole booth, and you were starting to replace hooks and replace rings and all that. Do you mind walking us through that process? I know know, there's a certain type of way to do it, and and it's very easy easy to screw up it's easy to screw up but it's just as easy to do okay okay uh the secret is you want to get one of those little mini torches right okay the little butane i I use a full-size torch Mm -hmm. and i use oxygen and map gas okay okay, is what i braze with okay so it's not really welding it's brazing okay you're not you're not melting the the stainless steel rings Mm -hmm. you're adding solder to them 
So you're brazing and not welding. Okay. Okay. Is that why we have, like, there's this little bump? Yeah. Right in the, okay. Yeah, that's the little bump there is the solder. Yeah. Okay. It's, you, you haven't actually welded the ring together. Mm-hmm. You've just put the solder on there to join it. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So what you want to do is you want to get one of those little butane torches, um, and you want to heat up that ring not to glow red. A lot of people think that you got to get it really hot. Yeah. You don't. Okay. What you want to do is you want to heat that ring up and bring in the solder, the little strip of solder, bring it into the ring, and the two of them should melt. The, the solder should melt at the same time that the ring heats up hot enough to accept the solder. Okay. Okay. So if you get the two of them to, to meet up and melt and join together at the right time, then you get the perfect you get the perfect braze. Huh. Okay. A lot of people tend to get the ring too hot. And if you get the ring too hot, the solder will actually roll off of the ring. Huh. Interesting. And you need to have the right solder and you need to have the right flux. You can't just use regular solder. It has to be it has to be a, a stainless steel solder and a stainless steel flux. Okay. Okay. I, I do sell a, a ring replacement kit kit online as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it comes with everything they need: rings, hooks, solder, flux. Gotcha. And it's a variety of ring sizes. So if you have other size jigs besides OCTs, you can do other size things as well. Um, Pretty easy I, to do at home. But it's easy to do at home. Yeah. There's a couple of videos on YouTube. Okay. Uh, on how to do it. I've tried to make a couple of videos myself, but I'm just not a real good video editor <laughs> to, to make it right. But there's other guys out there. It, it, it's, it, does, it doesn't take a lot to learn it. And mm-hmm. after about the third or fourth one, you should get it pretty well dialed in. Okay. Cool. But, I, yeah, like I said, at those events, when we can do it, you know, right. have guys bring down their rings, their jigs, and... I'll do rings and hooks on them. And not everyone does that too, which is nice. Right. It's very cool. Yeah. I have to ask you, where did one cool, one cool tuna come from? Where did it, what inspired the name? I was on the Vagabond on a trip, uh-huh. and I we were fishing albacore. Okay. okay. That long ago? And yeah, that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the unicorns were around. <laughs> um, but this couple of guys in the boat, I was just killing them i mm-hmm. just I, I couldn't put the hook in the water without getting bit nice and this guy goes what do you think you are a cool tuna <laughs> <laughs> and so for the whole trip they they just kept calling me cool tuna cool tuna well mm-hmm. when i started the business i decided i said well let's see if i can get the web name cool tuna well somebody else has the name cool tuna oh okay and I said, okay, well, let's go number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it turned into one cool tuna. You're one-upping that guy. I just I like one-upping it. that guy. So all you do is add the number. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So with, with you in the jig business and developing these jigs, which are absolutely beautiful, I'm, uh, you know, I'm actually holding the avocado uh, flavor. I guess color, not flavor. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's interesting. I really, really like it, and they're light and, and everything. And I'm holding the 7.5, and um, super, super cool. I can only imagine with you being in the jig business. I can only imagine what your garage looks like. Are they just full of jigs on the wall or whatnot? Uh, no, not really. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, I mean, I've had I've had my collection, uh-huh. and I've kind of thinned it out a little bit because 
because of making the jigs. Right. I mean, I've got I've got a bunch of one-offs huh. that I've made up over the years, trying different things that either did work or didn't work, or okay. first prototypes or second prototypes or third re- third revisions. Hmm. Um, but it's it's not it's not as massive as I've seen some. Some people addicted out there, you know? um, like me. <laughs> it's just you know, I, you don't need that many, mm-hmm. you know. And if they don't swim, I got rid of them. You know, there was yeah. there was no reason to keep it to me. You know, uh-huh. I I will say this one thing though: the the cabinets in my garage, yeah, in my uh, work area, I have uh, jigs as handles. <laughs> the ones that either broke or didn't work. Or That's cool. Well, I turned them into handles on the cabinets. That's actually a really neat idea. I might have to steal that one from you. <laughs> That's cool. Um, has someone come to you after a fishing trip or whatnot and shot you an email or saying, you know, any crazy story that you heard about, oh, I caught this or it worked via that or, or whatnot? Any, anything that sticks out in your mind? Uh, actually, I had a guy back east email me and wanted to know if anybody had ever caught a catfish on an OCT jig. Huh. And I said no, and he sent me a picture of him. Really? Of, of a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, was practicing, he was practicing his jig casting uh-huh. on a pond back in Michigan. Uh, okay. And because he was coming out here to go on a long range trip, and he right. wanted to be ready for it, he wanted to practice. And I guess... He got a backlash, and the thing sank down. The jig sank down, oh. and when he started winding it, he snagged the catfish. Oh, he snagged it. <laughs> he snagged it and reeled it in. He thought he was bringing in the bottom of the pond. It turns out it was a catfish. I guess that's one way to do it. So that was I, – I said, okay, that's the most unusual catch. Yeah. Uh, and then I have, a, I have a guy in Las Vegas that is still to this day trying to catch stripers on, on Lake huh. Mead. Interesting. On, on OCT jigs. Huh. So, there's a certain time of the year when when the stripers are on the surface schooling and and sort of like foaming and mm-hmm. going on the getting on the bait balls, mm-hmm. and at that point they they can they can go be a reactionary bite on the on the surface iron. So, huh. hopefully this year he's going to get a couple of them and send me some pictures. Do you get any do you, do you get requests for for building molds for people? No, not not really. Yeah, not really. Huh. Um, I mean, it's it's a CNC process. It's something that we can do. That's not a that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's not something we do a lot of. Okay. Uh, the shop that my shop that we work with closely, he's he does everything from aerospace to automotive to medical to you know mm-hmm. a variety of stuff. So. Huh. Throwing a throwing a different thing at him is is not a problem. Huh. Interesting. Well, cool. Now we know where to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have worked on a. I am working on a on a large surface iron as well, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's just I can't quite get it to swim right yet. So uh-huh. It's still in development, but yeah, there's there's a a big surface iron out there in the works. Oh, just just put me down. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll get it for sure. Jeff, I know you know you, you had mentioned that OCT has been around for about five years or so. You've got the line, uh, the line labels, which are just absolutely super helpful because we've all been there, where we're pulling out reels and out of the garage after like six months or whatnot, saying, "Oh man, 
what do I have? Yeah, what what do I have on here? It it looks like twenty five, but it's really like thirty or something. Um, well, spectra too. Like, yeah, spec- yeah, <laughs> they all look alike. Yeah, exactly. Um, any uh, any future items that you're looking into right now, or anything coming up for in 2022 for OCT? Um, I am working on possibly coming up with a rod. Oh, really? Okay. A jig rod. Interesting. So um, there's there's a couple of specifications that I haven't seen current rod makers doing mm-hmm. okay. versus some old old rods so uh i am working with a couple of different guys right now on mm-hmm. developing a, a custom rod for surface irons okay it, so we'll see it's 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 in the works but yeah you know it, it's interesting just after talking and i've known about this about you for forever you're really putting in the time and the effort and the work into all of your products to where making sure they're actually 100%. You're not putting out any faulty products, which is you know something really, really to aspire to, for sure. Well, thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's I stand behind everything I make. Mm-hmm. Everything's made here in the USA. Uh-huh. Um, everything's made here in San Diego. It's a great reason to support. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my hooks are VMC hooks, so they're uh-huh. not. But everything else, is, right? Everything else is made here in the USA or in San Diego. Huh. Very cool. So, one hundred percent. Any exciting fishing plans for twenty twenty two? I'm just working on the calendar. Uh-huh. Uh, last week, I've got three trips on the Vagabond and uh, one trip, uh, just a day trip that we're trying to put together for a veterans group. Ooh, okay. So that's very cool. Uh, but I've got three trips on the Vagabond. Uh, one in the end of May, May uh, Memorial Day weekend. The, okay. The Monday, starting uh, on the Vagabond, a three-day, and then I've got the July August trip on the Vagabond. That's the pen trip, but that's sold out already. Oh wow! But you can get on the waiting list. That's, yeah. That's a great trip with Steve Carson. Oh yeah. So, the professor. Yeah. Um, that's a six-day trip. Okay. And then I've got a three-day trip in November on the Vagabond for the for the Big Bluefin. Huh. And we've been doing that one for about three years now. All good trips. All good trips. <laughs> so, And then trying to fill in with some day trips in between. Right. So. Very cool, man. Yeah. You know, one more technical question for you. Um, you know, we, we had talked about the different reels that we typically use. In Southern California, there has been a huge influx, or at least, you know, maybe this has been an influx or it's normal, and I've never even noticed it before. But we get a lot of guys fishing the surface irons with bait cast reels mm-hmm. and mainly conventional, not so much spinning like we talked about. But um, do you have any recommendation as far as, you know, what specs you should be looking for? Um, in a reel to fish an OCT jig? Whatever you feel the best comfortable, most comfortable with, uh-huh. okay? Whether it be a bait caster or conventional. Mm-hmm. Uh, star drag, though, definitely star drag over a lever drag. Okay. Okay? Um, when, when you're fishing conventional. Um, the Pen uh, Fathom 25 star drag or the Torque, mm-hmm. you can still can't get the torque anymore in a 25, but I think you can get it in a, in a 30 or a 20 okay. in the star drag still. Um, 
but in the in the bait casters, any of those tranks, the the larger ones, mm -hmm. larger ones of the group, the four hundred and five, yeah, yeah, definitely go with that. It, it's got to be at least five point six, five point eight mm -hmm. ratio is the minimum. Uh, you can go up with the higher if you can, you know, if you want to go with that, but you, it needs to be at least the five six, five eight. Okay. To start with. Any particular, um, maybe not the rod, but any like the size of the rod, maybe an eight or a nine or eight nine and a half to nine is minimum. Yeah. And medium to light action tip on it because you want it to load up mm -hmm. and get that get that jig sailing out. Okay, and you don't need to really muscle it. It's mm -hmm. more of a leverage thing. Okay, gotcha. like a pendulum type oh, thing. Okay. You just want to get the smooth flip right. of the rod okay you don't need to really muscle it uh -huh. if you can load that jig up and load the stick up and get it going in the right direction uh it'll go that it'll go just as far as somebody out there with uh putting the Arnold Schwarzenegger muscles on it okay <laughs> it, it's not a muscle thing it's a it's a uh it's just a tap technique. it's just a technique yeah you know huh so what's the common most Mistake that you see most people making when fishing your jigs? Um, too fast. Winding, winding it too fast. Huh. Uh, I'd say start out slow and work your way up okay. to the speed instead of slowing down. I'd say slow down to begin with and wind a little bit faster to get it to go, to get the wiggle in there or to keep the wiggle in there. Mm. But it's, you know, it depends on the fish, you know. Right. I, I mean, sometimes... That, that's why I have different jigs, okay, is because you need different weapons in the arsenal, okay? The fish don't all bite the same, mm -hmm. you know, some days, some days they'll just be following the jig all the way to the boat and they just won't commit, Yeah, you know, so in that case... And it's nothing you can do about that. Well, yeah, you can switch it, you can switch the jig. Yeah. Okay, I've got the, the OCT-10X, um, the pineapple or the dimple. Mm -hmm. uh, the two with the texture on it. Uh, the pineapple has a crisscross pattern. Looks like a pineapple skin. Oh, okay, yeah, I've seen okay. that. Well, that kicks both left and right. Oh, okay. So it drives the fish nuts. If the fish is just <laughs> following the jig back to the boat and he's not committing to it, mm -hmm. then I'll tie on the pineapple. It'll kick left and right, and it freaks them out. They kind of go, "Oh, he's trying to get away," and they'll they'll strike it. Huh. Uh, the dimple one, you can wind faster because the dimples had more of a surface tension on it. Mm -hmm. So if if they're chasing it, but they give up at the last minute, then sometimes you need to wind it a little bit faster. So it looks like the bait's trying to evade or get away from, from the fish. Gotcha. So that'll make them bite. Huh. Okay, so if you go a little bit faster. So you just kind of vary it up, you know, or you go to another jig, you know, somebody else's jig. You know, mm -hmm. somebody else's jig might s swim a little bit different or have a little bit different action to it that's going to get them to bite. Huh. So interesting. I am learning quite a bit. Wow. This has been a fantastic hour. I know um, you know, OCT jigs are truly you're you're getting what you're paying for. Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah, for sure. And I know they're available in San Diego, but anywhere else in uh Bob Sands, okay, uh, Tackle Express, uh Hogan's up at Dana. Gotcha. Uh Ammo Bros in Orange County. Okay. Um, I saw Cope's tackle on there too on his list. Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. 
the uh, I just added a couple more. If you go to the website, there's right. a whole list there of, of all the shops that, that stock it. Excellent. Uh, here in San Diego, yeah, it's just about everybody here in San Diego. Cool, man. Very but, cool. Uh, I am outside. Outside, uh, Blue Pacific Tackle is an online store. Mm -hmm. uh, he carries my full selection as well. Nice. So anybody that doesn't have a shop close by that looking for it, they can always go to Blue Pacific Tackle, an online store. He'll and we can get the line labels at all those stores too? Line labels as well. Very cool. Uh, if not, uh, I do sell those direct online because that's nationwide. Right. So it's harder to get in shops across the country, but I do sell those online. Just mail them out in the mail. And they cover all the different line classes? All the different line, the mono, spectra, freshwater, heavy, uh, and then also the drag setting. And, oh wow! Okay. And the the writable, huh? Uh, and fluorocarbon. Cool. So and then there's a mix pack that has a variety of all of them. Very cool. And I like I said, Jeff, you are a huge supporter of CCA, so we thank you so much. I know you're. Every time we have an event, whether it's a Dana or Portuguese or whatnot, you're always there. So thank you, my friend. I appreciate I, it. I, it's a great organization, and I really enjoy helping you guys out. For sure, for sure. No problem. Well, Jeff, this has been fun, man. Thank, thank you, you so much. No, thank you. I appreciate the time. Thank absolutely, you. absolutely. One more time, where do we get your jigs, and how do we get uh, get a hold of you? Uh, OneCoolTuna.com. Okay. Uh, OneCoolTuna.com, or the number one, either one of them works, uh, but OneCoolTuna.com. Uh, there's a contact me on that website. There's a list there of all the retailers that sell it. If there isn't a shop that if the shop you go to that doesn't sell it, let me know, and I'll talk to them about getting this, the product in the stores. Cool. Um, the line labels are there online, but all of my products, there's information about them all right there online. Excellent. And you do have an Instagram page, too. It's Instagram, sweet. yep. Sweet. So hashtag OCT Jigs. Yep. Uh, if, if, they, if somebody catches a, a good fish and want to share it on Instagram, if you tag it, uh, hashtag OCT Jigs, at the end of the year, I'll pick the best pitcher. Not just the best fish, <laughs> but the best pitcher. Uh, I'll pick one of those out of the uh, out of everybody that's posted it and send a free jig. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So last last year was uh, was a guy that was fishing out of Pacific Coast Tackle. Okay. Uh, up in Oceanside there, and he got a 127 bluefin. Oh my gosh! <laughs> on uh, on naked. Oh. OCT 10. All right, that that just fired me up to get out there. <laughs> and they're biting right now, too. Yeah, they are. They're oh. close. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the island's been going off a little bit, too. I saw that, yeah. yeah so That's cool. Well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. You. Well, guys, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We are super grateful for you to listen to us on our podcast. Make sure you go give us a five-star review. Visit our website at ccacalifornia.org. Follow us on Instagram at ccacalifornia. And like us on Facebook as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Take care, everyone.